Gary, the Super Bowl ended minutes ago, and I am just sort of reacting, but I think that my biggest takeaway from watching it is, yo, Jesus has bank, bruh. Hey, listen, I think we need a we need a downshift on the tithing. All right, 10%. 10% might be a little bit too much. We got some we got some cash to spend. All right, that offering plate is getting quite large. We can dial it back to five, four, maybe three percent. We'd still be Gucci. Welcome to the L Duncan show, where yes, I think that we've just established. Um, that the apostles are all, I don't know, venture mm -hmm. capitalists or something, because the heat gets us commercials pretty much dominated the commercial cycle. Uh, and commercials, if you haven't heard of the Super Bowl, are incredibly expensive. So that was my my biggest commercial takeaway. As we sort of unpack everything that has just happened, I am coming to you from a hotel room. Allegiance is literally right there. I'm watching a ton of sad Niners fans stream out and say things like, Ooh. we had them where we want them. And sure we did. let them get away. Just Denny Green's everywhere here in Vegas. Just your your instant temperature check here, because I think this was one of those games where at halftime I was getting lots of mess. It's it's kind of boring. It's not just that it's a defensive. It's just sort of a mad game. Meh, 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 meh. And then, of course, the second half, exactly what we expected. The Chiefs storm back. They come from behind. Kyle Shanahan forgets that he has literally the offensive player of the year on his team, stops running the ball, and the rest is history. The Chiefs cosplaying as the Patriots. They are unkillable. You literally can't kill them. And despite getting dominated the entire game, they, in fact, win their second straight Super Bowl three in five years. They are dynastic. We had this conversation going into this game, whether or not they were a dynasty, and we came to a, a combined conclusion that they needed to get to three, or Patrick Mahomes needed to get to three in order for him and the Chiefs to reach that dynastic uh, stratosphere that only the Patriots, 49ers, Steelers, and Cowboys sort of occupy, right? Well, he's there at this point, and there were so many parallels from what we just saw. And by the way, one of the most impressive things of the night that you just skated right past was we're taping this literally 15 minutes after the Super Bowl, and you're already back to your hotel after being in the throes of the Super Bowl, and now you're back to the hotel. So uh, I think the the speediest play that we saw tonight was you getting back to do the pod because we also want to gloat about the fact that we were right about the Usher halftime performance. Anyway, I say that to say there were so many parallels from that final drive that I saw from Patrick Mahomes in my pit, and I didn't have a dog in this fight. I mean, I had a couple of single parlays here and there, but the whole time I was like, somebody's going to mess up. But as Patrick Mahomes was just surgically taking the Chiefs down the field, I was like, yeah, this is inevitable. They crossed the 50-yard line, and I was like, holy smokes. I haven't felt this confident watching a player knowing that he knows, that the defense knows, that they can't stop him. And the last time I felt that way was watching Tom Brady play. And it's funny because the only other Super Bowl that went to an overtime was the 28-3 Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden you got Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl in overtime to get his Chiefs into the dynastic stratosphere. It was a fantastic game. I enjoyed it. I felt heartbreak again for the 49ers because, hell, they were so freaking close. They, they were are. so freaking close. Yeah. Yeah, they all, I mean, listen, they always are. I was in the stadium. You're right. Um, lucky enough that we're staying like right here at like the Melano, Mel Mandalay Bay Delano, which if you haven't been to Vegas is 
literally across the street from Allegiant. So you just take a little pathway, you're right there at Allegiant, easy breezy, and mm -hmm. we walk back. So I had to host an ESPN bet party at M okay. Casino for the first half of the game. And then I was gifted tickets to go to the second half of the game where I could watch it at Allegiant Stadium. So something happened that I've never heard of before. I leave the casino. I leave the first half. Super fun. Watch Usher. We'll get to that. I get to the stadium. I go, you know, up to the front where you get scanned in or whatever. And they said, no, I'm sorry. We're not letting anyone in. Now, keep in mind, I am still 700 yards from the stadium. Like, I still have to get to the stadium. There's just a whole bunch of gatekeepers and security checks as you get there. And I said, excuse me, I'm sorry. And he goes, yeah, we're not letting anybody else. Keep in mind, it's halfway through the third quarter. And he's like, we're not letting anybody else in. And I go, you can't do that. And he goes, yeah, no, we don't have anyone scanning security more, so you can't come in anymore. It's closed. Now... These tickets that I have were completely 100% comped. I don't know how much they cost, but I know this is one of the highest priced Super Bowls of all time, and I know my seats are very good. So I just come up with some random number, and I go, absolutely not, sir. I paid $20,000 for these tickets, and you are not going to tell me that I can't use them. The game is not over, and I'm coming in. And so he's like, well, let me talk to a manager. So he goes, talks to a manager. Everything's fine. Crisis averted. As they had to, they let us in the game. So we get there and we're surrounded mostly by Niners fans. I got to tell you, the Niners are representing. Gary, the saddest part is that you could feel it in the air. They felt like this is their year. I mean, I think Chiefs fans have watched their team win a lot. Certainly they were well represented here. But maybe a part of them thought, this is the weakest Chiefs team, right? You know, we've yes. had a couple. Like, this, maybe this isn't setting up to be our year. Niners felt like it was. And so watching what happened to them, just the complete dismantling, watching them dominate. I knew this was headed this way, though, when they absolutely dominated them in that first half. And we saw what the score was going into halftime. Yeah. You cannot ever let up when it comes to the Patriots. But, I mean, to see, I'm calling them the Patriots, and they're basically they're the Chiefs because they are the Patriots. But I have to say, some of this means that we're going to gloss over a few things, like – Travis Kelsey trying to body Andy Reid. Yeah, what that was, was OD. That? That was and bad. why did Jim Nance and Tony Romo completely gloss over that as if it, I mean, it was three to nothing and he had absolutely already lost his. He had no Fs left to give. He, he bows him up. It was just like unreal that he'd be that frustrated. And I'm thinking as he's standing there, my girlfriend's here, man. Throw me the ball. That's facts, dude. You are not going to make me look like a chump in front of my girl. She brought ice spice. And then there was a couple funny tweets that was like, you are not to, about to make me look stupid in front of Patrick and SpongeBob. Hell no, <laughs> dude. You know how big good. this could be for me? Like, and obviously in true everything fashion, we make what seemed on the onset. And of course, we're having this conversation while they're probably doing media availability right now. So you know somebody's going to ask them about it. And because they won, Travis and Andy Reid are going to be able to, oh no, that's just a... That's just a passionate guy who wants to be involved in the game. They're going to brush it off in front of us. But that was bad, man. He grabbed his arm. He pushed him. He bumped him. That was tacky. It was weird. It, it just, was, I mean, I think it, was, it I think it underlies a lot of the frustration on this offense all year long. Yeah. Whether they tell you they believed in each other or not. You can't tell me a man that loses his shit that much after one quarter feels as though they've got a full grasp on this offense. Like he was already so incredibly frustrated. Clearly he's been frustrated with his role. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that is a function of P 
people always acting like this relationship is somehow distracting from something. He's not as good or he's somehow distracted by this. He's not focused on this. Already he had to deal with um already he had to deal with some of the rumors this week that you know he had hosted a Super Bowl party or that he had hosted this and that. And so I think for him, if you're him and you're really just trying to show what you already know, which is that you're a Hall of Fame tight end for some of the newbies that are just sort of joining the space that you are Travis Kelsey, then of course you can have a little bit of frustration there. But it just felt like for a guy who is mostly very affable and yes, passionate about the game, he definitely crossed the line there, but something that we're going to gloss over. Not glossing over, Taylor Swift chugging wine. And I love that for her. Like it's so sweater weather cat lady that instead of like beer or anything else, she's like, I'm going to take down this bottle of Merlot and I'm going to chug it so that the Brad dads and chads can see that I'm one of them. And she did it as a chorus of booze rained down her from Allegiant Stadium. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they don't like this girl. It, it It's actually driving me nuts. The good thing is, Gary, it's all over now. <laughs> Every, everybody wants a villain. And it was funny because our, our buddy Pete Blackburn tweeted immediately um, the screenshot of uh, Taylor chugging that wine was like, I too would chug my drink if I just saw my boyfriend push a 65-year-old old man <laughs> like on the sideline. But... To say that about the Chiefs, and it's something that they did last time, they played the 49ers and found themselves in a deficit. It's something they did all season, and it's something that the Patriots were the best at in that dynastic run, making second-half adjustments because Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard in that first quarter, first half, and he finished nine catches, 93 yards, and that 22-yard reception at the fourth quarter to effectively put them in field goal position to tie the game. There were many, many important offensive plays, but that crossing route um, to pick up that 22-yard chunk was was massive. So they did make the adjustments that he was vehemently calling for earlier in the game. I love, too, that the internet, instead of just like, you know, reasonably saying the play calling wasn't there, or Kelsey wasn't wide open, or that's just not what the plays were dictating, the conspiracy theory, because that's what we do now when it surrounds this whole sweltsy uh, bonanza and craze, is that... Patrick Mahomes purposely ignored Travis Kelsey in the first half because of some of the drama involving Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes and Taylor Swift. Is See. Brittany now like, no, thank you, Jackson. You're not allowed in my in my VIP areas anymore. Is she doing this now? Because she's got a super popular, reputable bestie to be with her. And Jackson Mahomes is pretty problematic on many fronts. And so this conspiracy now is that this was get back for Patrick Mahomes, which is crap and anyone that made this up i'm going to assume also joined the nfl space when taylor swift did because if you know anything about patrick mahomes um he would do absolutely anything to win and it does not matter that his brother was left out of a segment so but i love this idea that like whenever it comes to these two people we just concoct the most bat crazy zany conspiracy theory she's a plant she's a psyop She's trying to control the election when really she's just a girl here to meet a boy in her two and a half million dollar suite with Wagyu nachos and her incredibly famous, beautiful friends. Well, I mean, listen, we we need something. We need something to talk about. And L, you're the one boots on the ground. And I imagine this, the second we uh, disconnect from this podcast, you're going to go take in the festivities uh, with Omar. So you let us know on Thursday when we were back on TV, if that's the case. 
Because listen, everybody knows how to edit social media videos to stir up the drama. Was the Britney cold shoulder to Jackson an actual thing? I don't know. There was a hard cut in that video somewhere. So even though I am super gullible, all right, <laughs> I, I if I was an Eskimo, you could sell me ice. I'm gullible like that. Even I watched that video a little tepidly <laughs> myself and thought, mm, there's more to this story. So you, your boots on the ground. You go find out the truth, L. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Speaking of watching things tepidly, I, I'm actually a little bit shocked. Um, I, I saw it a little bit on Twitter, and then I saw it here in our group text with our show group. We text each other before the shows, and they said, let's talk about the halftime performance. Very mixed reviews. People mm. feel kind of tepid about it. And I was okay. like, I mean, I, I'm sorry. We're Usher stands. Yes. I lost my. Now, I texted the group uh, a couple of days ago that a yep. very famous woman um, who I know who is amazing was able to witness Usher's dress rehearsal. She signed an NDA. She could not give me any real details, but she did say after watching our podcast last Thursday, watching on YouTube TV, which you can do every Monday and Thursday, she was like, I'm just going to tell you. You guys really nailed the end of your thing. I think you're going to love his performance. So I'm over here thinking, well, we ended my fake melody or my, I'm sorry, my, my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your mashup, your mix up, your remix. Yeah. My medley. Your medley. My medley with daddy's home. He yep. did not play daddy's home. He didn't. That's, that's like the one knock. Loss, right? Yep. Yep. That's the one knock on that, on the halftime show. No daddy's home, no my way. He did not go back and throw it back to the very first song that he released. I can't re remember if he did. Uh, um, did he do nice and slow? Yeah, he did nice and slow, but yeah. just barely. Yeah, he just yep. he just did, he tickled it. What was your favorite part? He gave us the and it was the and it was the perfect um, the perfect direct directorial directorial. It was made for TV because it was the aerial shot of basically the clock and right when uh the hands hit seven o'clock that's when he was like it's seven o'clock on the dot which is what i thought he was gonna do was carry that it's seven o'clock on the dot 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 leading into the next song i thought he was gonna go into a more up-tempo song but he went into something else uh a little bit more slow i'm a little upset that daddy's home um wasn't played but i'm super pumped one alicia keys that was sick. Uh -huh. Swiss Beats, gotta be pissed. All yeah. right, because Usher was getting a little handsy. 
Usher was getting a little handsy, uh, having Will I Am there, her, Luda. That was awesome. Everybody thinking that Justin Bieber was in the building. Maybe he's going to pop down. He didn't. But Everybody the- thinking that Jermaine Dupree was CeeLo, like I did. I mean, when they hey, first so did I. <laughs> I was like, they don't have a C. I was like, CeeLo and Usher don't have a song together, do they? No. And I was like, oh God, that's JD. Oh wow. My favorite part was when he pulled up on skates. All right, because that's oh. that's just such a risk that you yeah. have to take. Mm-hmm. Like, if if I stick this, it's going to be fantastic. If it goes terribly bad, well, in a sense, it will go terribly good because that's just the only thing people will talk about. It'll go viral beyond viral. And he did mix in Superstar which is one of my low-key favorite songs that's a little bit under the radar, so I'm glad he got that one in. What about you? I just couldn't believe that he started with Caught Up. I was a little yes. thrown by that. I loved it, but mm-hmm. I was a little bit thrown by that. Um, I love that he did Bad Girl. Yep. Um, again, he didn't really do it. He just let her, by the way, shout out to her, was so excited to see her because watching the Grammys last Sunday, I thought that Brandy, when she came out with Burna Boy, was her. So finally, I sort of manifested seeing her on an actual stage. I thought that was really fun. Um, I mean, listen, I loved the yeah part. I thought that was fantastic. The thing is... If you're from Atlanta, that was the Super Bowl that we deserved when instead we got Maroon 5 when it was in Atlanta. That's Uh, the Super Bowl that we wanted. It was a very Atlanta Super Bowl. If you love Usher, if you're from Atlanta, tons of pride. And I'm watching people on my timeline. Of course, it's a very Atlanta-heavy timeline. And they felt great ownership of that. I think every one of them was incredibly happy. But the Super Bowl has now become one of those things where they just want to see tricks and pony. They want to see you flying through the sky or jumping off this. They want to see these elaborate sets. And so this idea that Usher started out slow or was boring just because he sort of started on the grass and he didn't start on this big stage. Mm-hmm. I don't agree at all. Do I think it's going to go down as one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time? No. Was it wildly entertaining and just an absolute blast to watch? Hell yeah, it was. It was exactly what you're hoping for in the halftime. It was great. He played the greatest hits. He was always going to have to leave something out. He's Usher. But I think for the most part, he was able to nail everything. Yeah, we um, we got treated. My favorite social media reaction was, that's the halftime show that goes out to all the people who know what downloading music off LimeWire was about. <laughs> if, you, if you've never downloaded music off LimeWire, if you don't even understand the reference, that halftime show wasn't for you. Everybody, no. everybody else, you enjoyed it. Everybody else, we need to hydrate and moisturize more. <laughs> that's who that halftime show is for. <laughs> You'll never know what it's like to like try and download an entire CD, leave your computer running for nine hours where you go to sleep and hope yeah. that when you wake up in the morning, you've got a freshly burnt Usher CD that's ready for you. You'll never understand that Napster pain. And I actually love that for you. So yeah, I was a fan of that. I will say, because she is the queen, look at Beyonce. She's like, I'm going to come in during the Super Bowl and I'm going to wrestle the attention away. This cowboy outfit I was wearing at the Grammys, it was about something. It was for something. I'm going to release an album in March right before Taylor Swift's, and it's going to be a country album. She released two songs today. They are tinged with country music, which is really interesting. She's going to have to turn some folks, you know, into into the country music way. Um, but so the commercials, I think, when you talk about the Met part, I wasn't super into yeah, the commercials. Yeah, nah, the commercials were bad. Right? I think maybe the fan favorite that stands out is is obviously the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Ben That's Affleck and Tom Brady and Matt Damon and J-Lo. That was probably the one. The one that we can all sort of have a consensus was the best. But mostly they were pretty boring. Nah, my girlfriend and I were watching and like the first three commercial breaks we looked at each other and we're like, I remember when commercials like made us laugh. Now, <laughs> the first three commercial breaks 
were just like, man, why they got us like trying to feel bad or feel some type of way about something. The one conclusion that I had, and you mentioned it off the top of the show, was Jesus got money, but the IRS is going to be knocking on the door of Timu or Temu because they got entirely too much money to be pulling up with five or six different commercials on Super Sunday at seven million a pop. Somebody's credit card information is getting siphoned. All right, y'all better y'all better check your Timu accounts and make sure those those charges, those fees, those admin fees didn't. 2x or 3x i don't even know what the site is l do you know what that site is i do it's interesting though timu is one of those places where it's a little bit like um you know the chinese version of amazon or which is like you know amazon um it's 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 interesting though because timu is one of those places where like in paper in theory you're like Oh, that looks good. And that looks cheap. Let me click on it. But then you have to like download an app. Like you can't just like buy things on the website team. Like you have to like download an app and do this whole thing. And as a lazy shopper, as someone that literally wants the clothes to jump into my, into my shopping cart, I I'm not doing all that. I'm not working that hard for what I assume is just going to be junk anyway. No. For me, speaking of average, one of the bummers too, from this is that a lot I feel like for Brock Purdy in particular was riding on this game. There's a lot of questions and we were having this, these conversations in our show group. I was caping for Brock Purdy as the questions are sort of coming in. Do you pay him? Like if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're John Lynch, do you decide to pay this kid? He's still under his rookie deal, but he's you know approaching an extension. Are you going to ride it out or are you going to pay this man and officially say that he is the quarterback of your future? And I felt like a ton was riding on this game for him to be able to show Kyle Shanahan that it's not just that I'm another system quarterback and that you can replace me with anyone, but that I'm the guy that can kind of step up and make those big throws and make those plays when you need me to. And for most of that game, it looked like he could do that. But then down the stretch, man, I mean, he was really missing some throws. And so here we are again, as hopeful as we were, that we could finally move past Brock Birdie as a broke boy that lives with his roommate and he's finally going to get paid. Now these same sort of questions prevail, which is, Gary, did you see enough today that you feel confident if you're John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan and saying, lock up Brock Purdy, he's our guy? Hell yeah. Fortunately, they don't have to because He's just in the second year of his contract. Like They don't have to make that decision in the next two years. I mean, obviously, they'd like to get ahead of it because the price of a quarterback is only going to go up. And if he wins another NFC championship underneath his rookie deal, the price of that next deal is going to go up. But there's nothing that I saw today that was like that didn't that made me feel opposite of my sentiment towards Brock Purdy since he became the starter there, which was like, this is a young dude who clearly has it. He's got skill. He's got talent. More than anything, he's got the trust of the guys in his locker room, and he's only in his second season. Hell, they would have made it to the Super Bowl last year if he didn't freaking tear his his elbow up. Also, yes, I'm paying him when the time comes. Fortunately for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they don't have to. Um... You know, this offseason, they can maybe have those conversations at the end of next year. But yes, he's the guy. I and I don't I I think it's sort of I think it's unequivocal. Even though Jawan Jennings was like, I threw the game's first touchdown pass. I don't know why you're paying him. See, I can fit the system too. <laughs> but yes, Brock Purdy's that dude. Why? Did he make you feel some type of way that he's not? No, I just think that oh, like okay. I think that, you know, the thing is is if he had gone undrafted, of course. 
for those of you listening, we keep calling him Mr. Irrelevant. If you're unaware, that just basically means he was the last person taken in the draft. He was the last person off the board. That person every year is dubbed Mr. Irrelevant. Had he had not been taken there, he would actually be contract extension eligible, eligible this offseason. But because he was, in fact, drafted, mm-hmm. he would not be able to get a new a contract until the 2024 season is complete. So he would be eligible after the 2024 season for an extension. I just think that Kyle Shanahan... Listen, on the one hand, you say they made this dude throw the ball 38 times. Mm-hmm. Certainly when you abandoned CMC in the second half, like you tend to do, Kyle Shanahan, you showed that you felt like he could carry this team for you. I cer- certainly hope that the pay is commensurate to the faith that you put in his arm because I'm standing in Allegiant. And again, I, listen, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I rooted for the Niners because publicly I picked them and because I'm a Broncos fan. I'm never rooting for the Chiefs, not ever. But um, I'm standing in there in the Allegiant Stadium, you know, surrounded by Niners fans, just screaming, run the fucking ball, Kyle Shanahan. You got the offensive player of the year there. What are you doing? And finally, he woke up. And in that final drive in the fourth quarter, he started running the ball more. He was running the ball um, in overtime as well. But it just feels like Kyle Shanahan overthinks things. I think that his quote unquote genius gets in the way. And I do believe that there is an argument to be made for a guy like that who says, in the same way that his dad, and you know this, his dad knew that he could go get a running back from a T-Mobile store and make him a mm-hmm. thousand-yard rusher, I think Kyle Shanahan feels like Sam Darnold can do a lot of the things that Brock Purdy can, or blah, 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 can do a lot of the things that Brock Purdy can. And I don't know when he is contract eligible if they're going to pay that man the money that he should get. Is he going to get max money? No, but he's going to be in the 25 to $30 million a year range. And I just don't know if Kyle Shanahan's ego will let him believe that Brock Purdy is the guy, in particular when you just didn't see him make enough of those big throws today. Not for nothing, did we just get a Tatum Bell drop? We got a Tatum Bell drop, dude, <laughs> straight from the T-Mobile store and back on a sideline in just a few days. Uh, he didn't have a 100-yard rushing game that week, but he did the week after. <laughs> and then after he got cut or unceremoniously, whatever, from the Broncos, he went back to the T-Mobile kiosk. That's right. He did. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey all told 30 touches, 22 rushes, 8 catches. You're thinking that total needed to be 35-40? I 100%. I think that Brock Purdy didn't need to throw the ball 38 times. I think that Christian McCaffrey, I think they largely abandoned Christian McCaffrey in the third Mm -hmm. uh, quarter, like they tend to do. Um, And like I said, I think on that final drive in the fourth is when he was like, oh yeah, duh, I've got CMC here. I mean, there should never be a drive where Brock Purdy is throwing the ball three times in a row and you're not at least implementing or getting CMC out on a screen or something. Mm -hmm. It just like, I... I just started seeing exactly what has been Kyle Shanahan's problem up to this point. And at some point he claims he's not listening to any of those things, but you've got to be able to exercise those demons. And when the play calling comes back into into account, certainly that's an issue, but this thing came down to the same thing that always comes down to guys win the super bowl. If you can stop Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to stop Patrick Mahomes. And I looked at those Niners fans multiple times, even in the third quarter. And I said, this is setting up for a, Stop Patrick Mahomes, and you get to win the Super Bowl. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to that every single time. And that final play that the Chiefs ended up, you know, winning the game on was called the Corn Dog, I believe. Which Hell I yeah! Greater name than the Philly Special. So in forever and infamy is the Corn Dog for taking down the 49ers. But yeah. Overall, the consensus leaving that stadium was Niners fans feeling really pissed because they felt like yeah. Penny Green, they had him where they want him and they let him off the hook.
The thing with the 49ers that they have to realize, and of course, this one's going to hurt for a while, but everybody's so young and everybody's coming back. Like they're they're good. They'll be back in this same position next season. They have one of the best defenses in the league. Everybody's signed. Brock Purdy's young. They have money. They can go get other weapons. We're Gucci. Chiefs, on the other hand, Chiefs, on the other hand, nobody's nobody's ever three-peated, but there are obviously some issues with Kansas City's armor. Now, Patrick Mahomes, he's there. He is the constant that that uh, that Kansas City has, but there are clearly areas of that team that you need to address. Is Travis Kelsey getting older? You didn't have a wide receiver one, really. I mean, Nicole Hardman had three catches, 57 yards. He had the game-winning touchdown. But other than that, Travis Kelsey, nine receptions. Nobody else um, really had that much of a of a of a whiteout impact in this. My game. guy, MVS, man, undefeated. Oh yeah, that's right. Play. My guy, MVS, undefeated at taking a play for gain and making it a negative play. He's like, oh, I raised you this four-yard gain, and I'll run backwards and lose four yards, ma'am. Going to be second and five, but all of a sudden he was like, you know what? Let's make it second and 14. <laughs> but, but, wild. but he did exact revenge literally the next play or two plays later. So he did pick up that first down or at least a big chunk on the very next play. So Patrick Mahomes is going to go back to his guy, shake off, shake off that, that bad taste. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was hey. there. There she we go. There. She was there. She was definitely there. I would say, too, um, I'm not sure that Kyle Shanahan knows the new overtime rules in the playoffs, which is that everybody gets to touch the ball because in that situation, I do not understand how yeah. when you win the point toss, you don't elect to kick to the Chiefs. You want the Chiefs to go first so that yeah. you know what you need to do. You know whether a field goal wins it or you've got to go for a touchdown. That was questionable to me as well. I don't understand why you why you decide to do something like that, given that the fact that the rules have changed. And to me, it's always an advantage, level setting, and knowing what you've got to do with your possession as opposed to being the first to do it. So that was a little interesting to me. Definitely. I don't hate maybe his thinking of, hey, let's score and apply the pressure and let our defense be our defense. But alas, that's not what happened. Shit, I ain't going to lie to you, L. When the when the seconds were ticking down in that overtime, I was like, why is nobody calling a timeout? And then Tony Romo on the broadcast was like, everybody stop freaking out. We're going to another we're going to another overtime. That's why no timeouts. But I'm like, no, that's that can't possibly be true. But then Patrick Mahomes called game before the clock hit zero. So it didn't matter anyway. I'm just now in real time watching because I ran out of that stadium. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. She's crying. It looks like they're hugging. Nice. Rock nice. and she's giving them the back pat. He's like, that's cool. Now I'm going to have to go up here and explain why I just yeah. shoved a senior citizen. But why I just assaulted going. this you old know, the man. The AARP is about to come after him like PETA. Here's my thing. If PETA can be all over everybody for that fur, AARP better be stepping up for their guy Andy Reid too, man. You can't do this to our seniors. Yo, Experian about to drop him. Everybody about to, everybody about to drop him. <laughs> like, dude, we got to take those commercials down, bro. That was a bad look. <laughs> That was not a good look at all. Um, I will say this. The one group of people outside of Kansas City, of course, who are getting a lot of delight in this is Atlanta fans like my husband who hate Kyle Shanahan because of 28 to 3. Oh, yeah. A ton of delight in him failing um, yet again. So there it is. How, how do we think that the Super Bowl is going to go down in sort of the annals of history? Would you give this a, if this is Rotten Tomatoes, your tomato meter, what are you giving it right now? This is a... This was a good Super Bowl. Yeah. 
This is not an all-time classic. This no. was not a stink fest. This was no. a good Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. with what I saw. So we're going to give that, like, I think on the tomato meter, that'd be like an 85%. You see 85%, you're like, that is a really solid movie. It's not inarguably one of Damn. the best movies because it's not tickling in the 90s. Yeah. But 85% is a really, that's a B, that's a passing grade. That's a solid, strong B. And yeah. I would probably give it that as well. Listen, it's not Goodwill Hunting, all right? It's not critically acclaimed. This one's not going to go down. This one's not going to win Best Picture. But this one's pretty damn, this one was pretty entertaining. This is Alvin and the Chipmunks. All right, this was this was a good this was a good laugh. This, this was, was Alvin and the Chipmunks. This wow. is a good... You went from Goodwill Hunting to Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, this is a good watch. This is a good watch. I was entertained, L, and that's all that matters. We'll be right back here next year. Where is the Super Bowl next year? Let me do a quick check. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Natty is in Atlanta. Is it back in Arizona next year? I think maybe. Back in New Orleans, baby, a oh, city New that Orleans. really knows how to party. Super lit. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, I've been to a Super Bowl in New Orleans and, and a national championship. And those petty calves, they be getting off because it is an absolute logistical nightmare to leave the Superdome. So you got to hop Oof. on those little petty calves and let them just ride their little hearts out. I mean, the petty cab people are greater than. They're just fantastic. People. They rescue you. They save you. You get to sit and relax, fresh wind in your hair while they work incredibly hard. We're already hyping up New Orleans next year. Super Bowl let's, 59. Let's go New Orleans. Um, I'm actually about to bounce and go to the airport right now. I'm getting out. Oh, I'm you're going to the airport now. Ride. I'm going to the airport now. I'm getting out on a red eye. I got to do the 6 p.m. Sports Center on Monday. And so oh. I'm, 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 I've got to I've got to bounce. This is what you do. I've lost my voice a little bit yep. from screaming, Shanahan, you're so stupid, run the ball. But besides that, um, I'm feeling in great spirits. I'm in great health. Hell we yeah. Very much because the party I was at had some Jim Beam. And that's just, um, that's a 20 yeah. year old liver. You know, that's yep. not a liver yep. move for anyone in their 40s anymore. I, yeah. You know, you feel that for a long time. So um, I'm feeling good about, about what we just saw and uh, ready to move on to the, to the NBA. It's over. The oh, the NFL is officially over, Gary. Hey, all-star week next week. Get your mind right, L. We got some challenges to accomplish this week. We do. We're going to be doing something special for you today. We're going to be showing um, off some of our particular prowesses, the things that we're just like really excellent at. That's right. We're going to compete against those. And I think it's going to be something that all the athletes out there, all of the people in their mid to late 30s, 40s and up who can relate to us will feel seen when we sort of show you these challenges that we think make us elite level. And we hope that you can identify with some of that as well. So thank you for letting us tickle your ear this late super bowl night gary it's super late for you it's only 8 45 let me tell you west coast oh, yeah. events are where yeah. straight up sun just went down dinner right like it's it's we are early and you are it's already tomorrow where you are and yeah, so we're closing in on midnight l and you know your boy held it down on the 7 a.m sports center so i've been up since three in the morning that's why i wasn't responding to the group text i fell asleep gary there was ghosted us again no i fell asleep i woke up my girlfriend woke me up when there was uh when Patrick Mahomes got the ball in the the, the last drive in the fourth quarter and I was like oh this is probably a good time to wake up <laughs> like we here yeah we I'm here I've been locked in the whole time I think I got to do a pod all right <laughs> L so you get home safe tell Omar what's up and we'll catch you guys uh later this week
Absolutely will. We'll holler at you guys on Thursday. In the meantime and in between time, thanks for watching The L. Duncan Show. Make sure you tell somebody about it. Make sure you comment and say nice things. Talk nice to us. We like that. Bye.